what do you really want to do? What are you what are you really passionate about? Who gives a shit what other people think and and about being some big fucking deal and whatever. All all of this this nonsense that that we get so distracted by and confused by. You know, it's a confusion. When when you really look into yourself, you you know what you want. And you know what you want to do. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte. Identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. Thanks for tuning in for another show with Brandon and Evan. Um, this one is a not so serious. Have you ever been to one of our shows when we're not so serious? <laughs> Basically, what it means is that uh, we just kind of wing it. We just kind of go with the flow, see where it leads us, see how it unravels, meaning that we didn't really have much of a, a conversation before we start. Sometimes we don't even have a conversation at all. We're just like, okay, hit record. Let's see what happens. Um, but today... We don't really know what we're talking about until we get into it. And and this is a big thing, you know, for the artist process is sometimes you just got to start. You don't need to know what you're doing. You just got to know what you're trying to do. And every once in a while we do these partly because we don't have as much time to record and, and we're just trying to get a conversation out. We're trying to get a topic out, but there's also a bigger thing to it, which is just lead by example. Go boldly and confidently into whatever you're going to do and trust, trust that it'll work out. And to pair off the last, one of the last conversations we had actually a couple ago, which is like, don't sell yourself short. This is kind of uh, that idea, you know, like trust that you're capable when you're in the moment to deal with whatever it is you need to deal with and work it out through the artist process. And when you're not so serious about it, you have a little bit of playfulness, things happen. So I don't know what else uh, you got to add to the beginning of this, Evan, but that's kind of how we're beginning. Yeah, no, I, I was just going to say, it seems to work out for Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Mean, you know, he brings in a guest and they just start talking and, it, you know, usually if, if a person has an area of expertise, they'll get into something around that, but uh, otherwise they just seem to, he just seems to go and, and trust it and, and usually an interesting conversation occurs. It happens, right? And yeah, I think that this is always, anytime you do this kind of, you approach something, I, I was going to call it an exercise, but that makes it sound really tedious and whatever. I, I think, sure, you can look at it as an exercise, but it's it's really more of a play. Uh it's a play. It's, it's, uh, an act of presence, that kind of thing. You know, like I, I've been talking about this in the last few episodes, but you know, I've been doing this 30 songs in 30 days challenge for myself. And I think yesterday was day, what day is it today? The 20, 23rd of January. Okay. So yeah, I think yesterday was the 21st song that I wrote. So I've done, I've wrote a song every day. <laughs> for the last three weeks and it's very much that uh, a process of stepping in I'm like I have no idea 
what the hell I'm writing about. You know, I have absolutely no idea what kind of song I'm going to do. You know, sometimes just having an idea of, you know what, I think I kind of want to do something like a rock song, you know, so I plug in my electric and, you know, crank up the gain a little bit to get it, you know, get it into that ballpark or other times just like, all right, just pick up my acoustic guitar and see what happens. And, and there's, you, you know, you're starting with absolutely nothing. And until you find just like, oh, okay, I like, I like that chord. That sounds nice. Let's start there. <laughs> you know, and you just, you just follow it. You just see where it goes. And, and, uh, it's a really, it's, it really is a lot of fun. Like it's, it's just a play and it's like, you're just, you're just seeing where it will take you. You know, it really is that for me. It's like, where will this take me and, and coming along for the ride. So that's what I love about these uh, conversations. And that's what I love about just implementing a practice like this, implementing something like this in, in your life. You know, maybe it's in your craft, maybe it's in your art form, finding a way to just kind of let, let it fly, you know, and because I think that there's a, there's a lot to be learned that way. And, and sometimes some really great stuff can come out of it. You just, you just never know. Uh, it might be garbage sometimes too, but that's not the point, you know, it's that the, the point is that there's no point. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, band that, that created the song yellow there, that's, Coldplay, is that right? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I listened to a talk of the lead singer, which I don't remember his name. Do you remember his name? Chris Martin. Okay, he was talking about how he wrote the song "Yellow," and it only took ten minutes, and they had this hit song. And the way that it came about was he was just goofing around. He was actually doing an impression, I think, of Neil Young, and he was like trying to joke around about how the stars are all yellow and blah blah blah. And, he was like, I'm doing a terrible impression, but then that song actually became the song yellow, which was like the yeah. super hit song and really like launched them right into a whole new stratosphere along with a few others. But, um, yeah, it was one of those things. He's just being playful. He's goofing around. He was joking around and then, you know, a hit came out of that. So, I mean, I think that's a good reminder for us as artists that sometimes we just got to be silly. We just got to play around, try it out, see what happens. And sometimes you don't, you, you don't even know, like, it's not like he sat down and he's like, I'm going to write a hit. I know how to, I know how to put the pieces together to write a hit. He was literally just goofing around. And um, somehow out of that, uh, him and probably his band members, whoever was there, they kind of, I mean, Hey, there's something here let's, let's do it. Let's make it right. And turns out to be this great song that a lot of people know. And, you know, it was a big deal. I remember when it came out, I remember where I was the first time I heard it on the radio. I remember exactly where I was. And I remember even the weather, I remember everything because that song, like when I heard it was just like, wow, what a cool song. And that was an artist just off the whim, goofing around, playing around, made, made that song. Right. Which is a memorable moment in my life that I, to this day, which, you know, I I would say was probably like 20 something years ago. Right. Must've been. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. 20 something years ago. I don't know. And I was in high school. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. And I heard that song and I remember the day I remember the moment I remember being in the car. I remember everything. 
And it's funny how art can just strike you that way, you know, and, and for the artist, we don't always know that we're creating something that's going to do that to people. And I think this is mm -hmm. the important thing to remember is like something I learned actually very early on in my acting career, I guess artist career, but it was really through acting that I learned this whole idea is that you really have to, you really have to show up and just trust that what you're going to do is going to be like good. It's going to be good quality. It's going to be worthy. It's going to, it's, it's going to be something valuable. And you just know at like a base level, you just have to start to be like, I've put the work in, I've put the energy in. Um, I've worked on my craft. I've worked on my instrument. If I just show up and do something, it's going to be, there's something going to be there. Like, it's not mm -hmm. going to be total crap. Like when you begin, you know, you don't, you haven't worked your instrument. You don't know your craft. You don't have any guidance or whatever. Like, so that shouldn't be your gauge. Like your gauge, I think initially should just be like, Hey, I'm doing it. I'm learning. But when you get some practice in, you start to actually, you know, you really put that work in, you, you've actually done some stuff, you know, you just got to start to trust that. Okay. Like I have some basic skills here and those skills aren't just going to disappear. So um, it might not be great. It might not be exceptional. It might not be the best, but it'll probably be okay. There'll be something mm. that's workable. You know, like I've seen you play guitar. That's the last thing I'm going to say. I've seen you play guitar and I've blown away, but you just play guitar and you're like, oh, I'm just strumming. I'm just doing a riff. And I remember hearing you and just being like, holy shit. It's like, I wish I could do that. <laughs> I have no idea how to do what you're doing. And you're just like, oh yeah, you know, I'm just playing around with the riff. And I'm like, to me, that's, that's where as artists, I don't think we always appreciate the like skills that we built in something because yeah, we just yeah. do them. They just almost like come out of us like air. We're just breathing, you know? Yeah. And yeah. at one point there's a, there's a point of frustration. Like I definitely remember being a teenager and, and, literally yelling at both a combination of my brain and my fingers <laughs> just being like come on just 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 go where i want you to go <laughs> you know it's like it's it's so i've i've been there i've been there and that's just part of the process right everything is difficult until it becomes easy and uh, as a side note i do the yellow is a song i love to play on guitar that's one I learned a long time ago, and I continue to just bust that one out every now and then because it's it's great. It's a great song. Yeah. Well, I mean, also, like, to go back to that reference point, like, he was goofing around, but he was also probably at a point where he could be pretty proficient with music, you know? And this is when play really, really gets um, to have room for the play of play, you know? Like, I know that sounds like a silly thing, but there's... There's two forms of play. And we've talked about this in our podcast before, but there's being playful, but then there's play, which is when something has room to move and, and maneuver and like be, you know, it's not so structured, mm -hmm. right? There's, there's like a rope that's kind of loose. You might say has a bit of play in it, right? It has a bit of room and play is about creating a room or an atmosphere to like kind of a sandbox, if you would, to build and play within, right? So yeah. Um, you know, if you really want to, um, kind of take advantage of play in your life as an artist, I mean, I think there's two parts of it. One is that use it just to explore. 
like just to explore what's possible, to try new things, to break outside of the box, you know, whatever that might be. But then if you've really done the practice and you've had the discipline and you've built the skill and you've earned your craft and you've worked your instrument, play then just starts making you more flexible because now all your skills when you were too rigid, they didn't have anywhere to go, but all of a sudden you give it some room to play. And then they have somewhere they, you know, you're, you're essentially giving them allowance to do things that they didn't have allowance to do before. And that mm. can be quite, you know, quite awesome. Obviously yellow being a great example of that, right? Whether you yeah. like the song or not, you can't deny it's a hit and it made a big impact in the world. Yeah, no, I, I, I love that you brought that, you know, that, that story into this, uh, into the mix, it seems to be like a good place to just, just play around with, with that, you know, and and that whole story. But it's interesting. I think that, that, you know, as people, but definitely as artists, I think that a lot of us can distrust what comes out of play, the things that come out of it. But sometimes like, you know, like when, you're not when you're just letting it flow that's when something incredibly you know you almost can surprise yourself with how how incredibly honest you can be when you're not kind of struggling and fussing over it you know what i mean it's like for some reason we we trust more what we've struggled over than the things that just emerge out of a playful spirit and I, I don't really understand why I, you know, we have this obsession with like, it's gotta be hard. It's gotta be hard all the time. And to be Dude, fair, I have to cut in. It's a sales pitch. Yeah. We've been sold. We've been sold that. Like we've literally been sold that. Yeah. It's not a, it's not even in that surprising. It's not baffling. Like we're, we're, we're unfortunately here's the thing. And I don't mean to cut you off, but I have to say this. People who don't do what they love, it's hard work for them. And they struggled to to earn a living, to do things, to whatever. And it sucks because they don't want to do it. That's not really what they want to do. They'd rather be doing other things. So they're earning, they're working so they can do what they love. And the problem is, is that when you're talking to an artist who's doing it because they love it, you have an entirely wrong mindset because an artist, like I know when I was an artist, like, and I am still an artist and not was, but when I was a young artist, like when I made money with my art, I just put it so I could do more art. <laughs> yeah. Cause that's what I love to do. Like, it was like, I, like I was earning money to in, in art and then putting it right back into art to buy a camera, to buy some stuff, to get myself an acting class. Like everything was just feeding and and you're you know you're not unlike an entrepreneur because that's what an entrepreneur does they have a business and and generally if the entrepreneur's business is like a good business for them they generally just put their money right back into their business and the business just grows right and artistry is no different you you put it back into the thing that and it it enhances it right so the struggle Mm -hmm. thing is a sales pitch i think we we bought that from people who are not doing what they love and uh we need to we need to reevaluate that in a big way yeah and uh, but i do think that it it it's possible that it it also emerges from some other part of ourselves some somewhere deep in our 
yeah. in our psyche somewhere as well. Like I'm not disagreeing with you. I think that no, I hear you. you know, it's like it's something, this and this as well. Yeah. yeah, it's like something that's emerged in our culture. Like I'm just thinking in terms of you are doing something. Like like you are uh, a young musician and you're trying to learn how to you know be a better songwriter, things like that, and and or play your instrument better. And there is a kind of struggle that happens there. You know, there's in, in learning how to do things better and becoming more proficient, like you were saying, like as you're building that skill up, there is an element of, of struggle where it's not easy. But I think that, yeah, it's like we forget, you know, that we've, we've learned all of these things, but we've just continue along with this whole thing of like, oh, this has got to be a struggle. You know, we're used to this thing being a struggle. So, um, it has to always be that way in, in some mm-hmm. regard. And there's, it, there's a few quotes already that have in this conversation that have come to mind for me. Uh, one, I think I've, I've shared before on the show, uh, which is from uh, Eugene Harrigal's um, Zen in the art of archery, but it's a whole beautiful long sort of paragraph, but it ends with, um, you have a much too willful will. You think that what you do not do yourself does not happen. And I think that what we've been talking about has a lot to do hmm. with that quote where it's just like, I have to have just this sense that I'm really doing this. And yes. we equate oh. that with struggle and, and pressure. And it's like, yeah, but it can also be, you know, <laughs> you can also just kind of, let the thing rattle out there, you know, easy and gently and suddenly and, and really be surprised by what comes out. And I would argue that Yellow, the song Yellow by Coldplay, is one of the great pop songs of all time. Like, not just, not just a good one. It's one of the great pop songs of all time. Most of us know it. You know, there's just something so it's kind of a perfect little song and, uh, and, and so it's, it's terrific and, and wonderful that, uh, it came out in, in the way that it did. It came out as a bit of a laugh of, of, oh, what if I, you know, was doing, trying to write a Neil Young song and, and cause you never know what, what might come out of it. Like the, uh, like last weekend, we had a a friend of ours over and so we were doing i was still doing this challenge and i thought like oh okay like we have a guest who's over who you know i we don't get to see very very often but i have this thing this this challenge that i'm doing so it's like oh do i want to disappear off somewhere and and work on this and i thought no let's all do it so i said hey would i said to my wife and her and and our friend and said do you want to write a song with me like do you want to just sit down and, and do something. And I'm like, sure. So we were all sitting around together and I said, well, what kind of, what kind of song? Like, are you like, are you feeling whatever? And so my friends are like, I don't know. I'm thinking something kind of country. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, okay. Like it's not really country's not really my, my style. I don't know a ton about playing country, but I knew enough to get, to get us going. And the song was a total laugh and I'm not, it's definitely no yellow. I'll tell you that much. But 
it was interesting in just being like, because country is not something I would think to write. But in writing this song together and, and pursuing it, I found myself writing in a way that I haven't before. I found, I found where I was taking the song, you know, like to be, to be unusual for what I normally do, the way that the lyrics kind of write out, what kinds of lyrics come out. And it was, ended up being a a lot of fun. And I actually got really invested in it and in being like, and, and I, made me understand why bands have a hard time staying together because <laughs> you got all these people who are like, no, I think it should be like this. I think it should be like this. <laughs> but it was really, it was really interesting just to observe how doing something silly and stupid. And even when you're just trying to mimic something, you know, it's like I'm mimicking, mimicking a country song. I'm mimicking a Neil Young song. I'm mimic, you know, and, and you find, you can find your own voice still in that sometimes and and you can find it in a way that that surprises you and isn't something that you would normally do so mm-hmm. yeah yeah really interesting we, we joke around sometimes and we don't realize that what we're joking about actually carries weight or something you know there's there's all sorts of hidden gems in everything and I think the, the thing is, this is having like a keen eye, you know, like being willing to like, wait a minute, hold on. I know I was joking around there, but maybe there is something there, you know, maybe there's, there's, there's more to that, you know? Um, yeah. I, I, there's a bunch of things that, that I, that I love to talk about. I want to go back to the suffering thing real quickly. Cause I think like uh, there was an interesting uh, kind of oh, artery okay. we opened up okay. there. This just so it's just so everyone is aware of like like to going back to it, we have not discussed this yet on the show, but we were kind of talking a bit about this before we started recording. Well, we were kind of talking about it in the recording, but we talked about in it. In a way, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I suppose um, so. So to me, it's kind of like with the suffering, there's 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 a few there's a few versions of it. So one, there's the one we kind of identified on the show, which is like the work needs to be hard for it to be real work. You know, that type of suffering, which is, I think a, either it's a confusion, like either you're doing what you actually enjoy and you're just making it hard on yourself because, or you're, you're making it harder than it needs to be because it doesn't feel like real work unless it's hard and you're suffering. And I think that's a, that's actually a confusion and you're, you know, you're, you're not actually like, it could be fun. Like it, it could be play like work and play do not have to be separate things. And I think that's an important thing to keep in mind, especially as an artist or especially as like a business owner, like you don't, it can be fun. All this stuff can be a lot of fun. It can be playful. You can joke around, you can goof around. You don't have to be so serious. Um, the other part of the suffering, um, just trying to do it and figure it out. There is suffering in that. I know like, um, for myself, like, uh, well, I mean, as an artist or an entrepreneur, they've come up in both areas where it's like, I want to do this thing and I don't know how to do it. And it's hard to do. And there's suffering in the fact that you like have a vision and you maybe even heard someone do it or seen someone do it or whatever. You have this idea of what you want to do. And you just, you get frustrated because you're like, I just don't have 
the thing, like the bridge, the, the skill, the ability, the knowledge, the understanding. And there's like a suffering in this like separateness of like, if I could just figure this out, it would just be so much better. You know, it just feels like it would be so much better. There's that kind of suffering. Mm -hmm. Then there's, um, you know, stuff we talked about, like, uh, like, so I feel like that's kind of the artist struggle. Like, I think we, we struggle with that because, you know, I know I do where it's like, I, I have an idea of where I want to be or what I want to do. And then there's where I'm actually at and me trying to cross that bridge to get from where I'm at to where I want to be. It can be a hard bridge to cross at times. Um, I've learned to just like, I've learned to, it's not a just, but I've learned to accept where I'm at as a thing of like, the, the more I'm in reality about where I'm at, the, the more I can begin to start walking the bridge to where I want to be. And the, the reason why it becomes suffering is because I want to be where I'm not. And the bridge is not starting where my feet are. And so it's very hard to get to the bridge to even get to where I want. So I've just learned to just, just be like, fine, you're not where you want to be. You don't have the skill, the talent, the knowledge, the whatever yet, but you will. But where are you right now, honestly? And then the suffering tends to stop. Mm -hmm. And then there's another type of suffering. And maybe you can bring some more in. I don't know, Evan, but like the whole idea of like, I want something. I want that car. I want that job. I want the career. I want that award. I want that role, that hit, whatever it might be. You want it and you want it so badly. And you're like, I, like, how do I get it? And I can't have it. And the fact they don't have it hurts. And something I've learned about that type of suffering is that you, you enjoy it because that suffering is what makes you into the artist you want to be. And something I've learned about wanting something like, uh, like, especially a material thing or some type of accolade is that don't try to skip the part where you become the artist that deserves that or the person or the entrepreneur that deserves that, whatever it might be. Don't try and skip that part. Understand that you, you get it by becoming it. It's not, it's not something you get it and then you become. You become it as you get it. Like you're on your way to becoming the person that has it. And, and when you become the person that has it, you will have it, but you need to look at it differently because if you look at it as when I have it, I'll be that you'll never get it. I can almost promise you that. And that's pretty much across the board. Do you want to be a millionaire? And you think when you become a millionaire, you feel like a millionaire, you'll never be a millionaire. It just doesn't work that way. The only way it works is you become a millionaire and all of a sudden you have a million millionaire status. So it's a, it's a progress thing. It's a, mm. it's a process thing, you know, and the suffering is in denying the process. That's, that's what I've learned at least from the, the desire of wanting an accolade or a thing or a relationship or whatever it might be, some external um, thing that's outside of you. It's all internal really. And it's, yeah. it's a hard lesson to accept because we are constantly in denial of it. We actually really identify with the material world as though it's reality. And it just really isn't. The material world is an expression of the internal world. And it, it really is a hard lesson. It's a really, really hard mm -hmm. thing to, 
uh, accept because we're not taught that we're taught, Oh, you, you know, you win the lottery, you get millions of dollars. You're a millionaire. It's not really most people actually, once they win the lottery, they lose it all, or they end up in more debt than they were in the first place because it's a becoming it's a, it's, 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 it's an internal evolution. Yeah. It's easy to, um, it's much easier to, to approach things from an outside in, uh, perspective when usually it's more of an inside out you know in terms of how you function in a more healthy way <laughs> yeah with it you know but uh what you were saying about these different types of of sufferings i'm not really sure that they are different just in just in the way that you're describing them you know like yeah there's there's stuff but it's all you know, as you're saying, like, it, it's all kind of the same beast, ultimately. It's like, you know, I, as an artist, you really want to be at a certain place, um, but you're not there, and so there's a suffering about it, and then you see some thing that you want, you know, car, house, a, you know, amount of money in the bank account, that sort of thing. I think it's really all kind of the same thing. We're looking at, at some place that we feel we are not, and and judge ourselves for where we are now. And, and we talked a little bit about this before we started recording, but it's that, it's that hang up on the thing. Like, you know, you can look and, and have a desire to be in a certain place or whatever, but you know, if you just spend all of your time obsessing about that thing, you're just needlessly suffering and it's not actually really helping you to actually even move towards accomplishing that in in any way as as we've discussed many times before it's like and as you were just saying you have to start with where you're at you know you have to start with 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 where you are um and and just confront where you are with as much passion as you can confront what you can do right now with as much passion as you can um, and I think that I, I have a, I've come to a general outlook that w when you take care of the present, the future takes care of itself. You know, it's like, we don't have to worry about it so much when we're taking care of the present, but that's a good statement. I, I agree with that. Yeah. I, I, I think that, uh, I mean, where am I trying to go with this, Brandon? But I, I, I do think that those things are, are more are more alike than than maybe we think and, and I don't think they're really a separate form of of suffering. And really suffering is can in many ways it's just our relationship to whatever whatever it is. Right? Like it doesn't necessarily have to be suffering, but it becomes suffering when we get really hung up on it and it it becomes we turn it against ourselves and this is something that i've heard uh the uh the hindu guru sadguru say before he's like you know any he, he describes any form of mental illness um and by that i mean uh scratch that scratch what i just said um because that's not accurate but basically all forms of like anxiety depression things like that said uh worry all those things are essentially 
turning our intelligence against ourselves. Mm. And I think that there's a lot of truth to that. Um, you know, we have our relationship to things. We, we are where we are and we are looking out at something that we want or that we think that we want. And, uh, you know, we're, and we're, we start to judge ourselves or we start to judge the world. Um, we become cruel and nasty to ourselves and to other people. And I mean, and that all has to do with ourselves, you mm -hmm. know, our own, our own judgments is really where it comes down to Marcus Aurelius. That's a big message in his meditations book as well. You know, there's no shortage of people who have, have commented on this, this issue that we, that we face, uh, as human beings. So I don't, I feel like there was something I was trying to get to. I don't recall what it is, but, um, you know, I'm glad that you, you brought this into the conversation and surprisingly from where this conversation started, I was like, is this, it seemed like this might be a bit of a detour, but I see that this whole conversation is in many ways about this, this problem of, of suffering, you know, suffering in the work that we're doing, suffering in the pursuit of something, suffering in the, in learning, suffering in process, all this suffering. Um, and I think that that has, mo that in most part has to do simply with, uh, with our own, our own mind, our own judgments about what's going on. Yeah. Well, I think it's all relationship, man. Like it all comes back down to relationship and a relationship to suffering, our relationship to the external world in relation to ourselves. And I think that people, people get confused because they perceive things, they perceive unearned things as somehow a benefit to the person. And nothing is really a benefit unless it's earned. And what I mean by that is that when you get given something you didn't earn, it does in some ways seem like it makes your life better and easier, but there's a price, there's a price you pay. And when you, when you're struggling, like you don't, you don't necessarily, when you see someone have something you don't have, you might think, oh, well, they, they're so lucky and I'm not lucky because you don't see what you're getting that they're not getting. Mm -hmm. It's a, the, we, we have relationships. Like some of us have great relationships with people that we totally take for granted and we just don't even appreciate them or value them. But one day they'll be dead and they'll be gone. And then you'll find out, fuck that person really mattered. That was a big deal. But while they were alive, you didn't give a shit. Be honest with yourself. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, the thing is, is like with, with a lot of people, they go under the guise of taking things for granted and we have to take some things for granted. And at the same time, the fact that you're not appreciating someone, you shouldn't guilt yourself about it. Cause that's a whole other thing of suffering. It's like, Oh, I should have appreciated them more, blah, blah, blah. And you, you do all this dance around how you're not good enough and how you could have been a better person. It's like, first of all, you have a, you have a light side and you have a dark side. You have a shadow self and you have a light self. You know, you have, you have two sides of yourself. 
And the dishonesty with the shadow is probably the bulk of your suffering exists within that. If you just admitted the fact that you're self-involved, you're being selfish, you're, you're, um, you just don't have time to care about that right now. And you just were honest about that. And you didn't look at that as like a good or bad person. You just look at it as a person trying to do life. Then you would not do this dance. Um, like, like mourning death. Why do you mourn death? I mean, I know I sound like I'm off topic here, but I promise you I'm not. I think we mourn death because death makes us realize that we were selfish, self-involved, entitled, jealous, and petty about things that didn't matter. And what death does is it makes you realize that that type of stuff has no place. And as you get older, you either separate from people or you bond with people. And, and I find that if you bond with people, you, you accept the fact that in your youth, you just didn't understand the value of things you took for granted. I mean, the, the, the shadow side of us, and people don't like to talk about this because people want to pretend we, we love to look at ourselves in a good light. And I mean, by all means, I mean, you're not a bad person because you have a shadow. Everybody has a shadow, you know? And, and this whole thing is like, let me bring this right back in. You look at somebody, they're super successful. They're, you want to have what they have. You want to be where they are. You want to have the relationships they have, the money they have, the success, whatever it is they have. If you're jealous, you're envious, you, you knock on them. That is your shadow because what your relationship to them is, is now hear me. You have a relationship to what you believe you cannot be. If you see them and you see love and admiration and, and you want to, you want them to go further, you want them to do better. You have a relationship to what you see in you. Because think about it, you're projecting onto them your own internal world. So if you're jealous and envious, what you're saying to yourself is that I don't want them to get any more because it reminds me of what I'm not. But when you want them to succeed, when you want them to do even better, when you're like, I, like, like, I hope they get the award, I hope they get the success, what you're doing is you're projecting yourself into them and saying, I want to be like them too. And when I get there, I want to keep going. I want to see. And, and you're seeing through you, like you're seeing where they can go. You're seeing through you where you could go. Mm -hmm. And, and the shadow wants you to convince you that, that your jealousy and your envy and your petty thoughts are somehow valid and that you can somehow be a victim and all of that stuff. Victimhood, by the way, is the shadow self. The light self is a champion. The light self says, you did it. That proves to me that I could do it too, because you did it. It shows me there's a way you made it possible. By you doing it makes it possible for me. But when you look at someone and, and they do it and you go, oh, fuck them or whatever, that's your dark shadow side saying that they 
are somehow lucky, that it's unfair, that they had an advantage you don't have. And it's you selling yourself on you're not enough. And the only reason why they are is because they got some break and it's victimhood. It's bullshit. And but suffering works like this. The shadow is your suffering. The shadow wants it controls you through your suffering. And that's how you know it's there. Like the hurt suffering. Because mm. there is a one last thing, Evan. There's a there's a suffering you embrace, the the embrace the suck kind of suffering where you're working out and you feel the pain and it hurts, but you know you're building muscle and you actually like the pain. You want more of the pain. And when you start working out for a real long time, you actually don't feel the pain anymore. And you're like, I need to find a way to push myself to find that pain again, because I know that grows me. That type of suffering is actually, it's like a, it's like a joy pain. And, and, and it's actually passion. Yeah. I, I would argue that like it's in put in the right perspective, it's never actually suffering. You know, when you're connected to, to like, even in, in that example, it's just like, no, but you're, you're enjoying it. So it's not really suffering. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's, it's doing something for you that that's well beyond, you know, any, any of the, the temporary, you know, actual discomfort or pain that it might actually cause but it's not it it's one of those weird things where it's never it's not truly causing you pain on on some level um there's a lot of things that you said that uh <laughs> find your spot evan find there's a yeah there's a lot of things that you said that um i was like oh geez uh what what should i what should I pull on here as, as far as a thread? Um, oh, there was something. Now what, what was it, Brandon? Was there Tell anything, me what you, it was, was there anything you disagreed with or anything you want to expand on? Um, there wasn't anything I, I disagreed with. Um, Oh, waiting Brandon, on bated breath, Heather. I know, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Um, this. Well, what are we talking about? We're talking about suffering. Talking well, we're talking about, about we're talking about the shadow side. We're talking. Oh about, yes, that was it. That was it. The whole the, 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 the shadow side. Yes. Thank you very much. That was what it was. Um, yeah. The, the that whole shadow side of things, and also a lot of what you're talking about makes me think of the law of appreciation, um, which is also, I myself kind of think of the law of appreciation as also the law of wonder. Um, Cause you, when you can appreciate someone, we can appreciate what someone else has done. It creates inspiration and it creates, you know, a sense it, it does. It creates a sense of, of wonder in what's possible and maybe what you could do. And, you know, and it's a much healthier relationship than jealousy. Mm -hmm. uh, but with that said, uh, shadow, shadow is not without its benefits. And by that, I mean, shadow is usually a teacher, but it's a teacher when we hold it up to the light is the main thing. Not about being absorbed in, in the shadow, but in recognizing it and bringing it out to the light 
it teaches us something. It teaches us something about ourselves. It teaches us how it helps us to grow as, as people. Uh, it, it teaches us to transcend. But I think in many ways, almost more importantly, when we come into contact with it and we, we come to understand it, it helps us to understand others better too. It helps us to, it can, our shadow can help us to have compassion, I think is one of the best things that it teaches us. Um, when we begin to, to understand and let go of our own feelings of jealousy and inadequacy and unworthiness, things like that that helps us to understand other human beings and what other human beings are going through. We, we all go through that shit. We all experience it. We all experience feeling like victims and, and whatever, but we can't actually help people with that unless we're in contact with that in ourselves, unless we've come to see it and, and transform it and to begin to like, in as we've been exploring in this conversation you can you can transmute jealousy into appreciation yes you know you can you you can catch yourself in those moments where you're feeling jealous and envious of someone else's life and say well what do you appreciate about who they are what mm -hmm. they've done you know what they've accomplished the way that they are in the world that sort of thing you can, you can, that's a real practice that you can do in your life. You know, you, it, but it takes, it takes effort. You know, you have to actually commit to doing something like that, but it can show you something. It can teach you something. And, and through that process, you can start to show yourself that like, oh shit, jealousy is not helpful. Jealousy is not something that's that's helpful for me to dwell on in my life. Maybe I'll still feel it. Doesn't mean that you won't still feel it on occasion, but that it's not something that you need to spend a lot of time with necessarily, right? Mm -hmm. And and that's how you start to actually um, how how we start to become wiser. I think as as human beings, it's not always in the absence of of these things, but it's just that they don't take up as much real estate for us anymore you know they don't really hold sway in our lives anymore like we just we notice it and we move on you know and we get on with being like oh there was a moment of jealousy but i really actually i think it's incredible what this person has done and instead it's i'm, I'm inspired by it mm -hmm. you know instead are you bringing it, yeah hey everybody this is evan and this episode is brought to you by my book Yes, I recently released a book called The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft. Expand yourself as an actor and your craft through a spiritual perspective. Take a journey that will explore universal philosophies and insights to help you understand human nature in a profound way and develop practices to take your work to another level. Again, that's The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft, available on Kindle and paperback on Amazon. And as always, if you like the show, please subscribe. Yeah, you bring in a great you bring in a, a great point because the shadow side of it is we can suffer about our pettiness and our you know and and jealousies and envies and victimhoods and stuff like that and it's like 
you know, just understand that like when you have that stuff, it's just a different side of us of the same coin. You know, if you're feeling victimy, understand that it's the same coin of feeling like a champion. So you can look at it and go, okay, well, I'm, I'm being like a victim, right? I'm, I'm, my life is so hard. Everything's so hard for me. It's not fair. Like that's all victim bullshit, right? You can look at yourself doing that and you can go, okay, that's how a victim sees it. How does a champion see it? And then you can go, okay, first of all, you know, like it's great to have it's great to have a coach or a mentor somebody who can like like genuine like i'm not talking about this bullshit but like genuine somebody who's like really trying to help you try and solve something right and sometimes these are just you know you might be surprised like like mentors and guides can come in your life they don't have to be there forever they can be like a temporary person but sometimes it's just about talking to somebody who doesn't have a stake in in anything but genuinely is a helpful person and that can solve your problem a lot of time. But first of all, you know, like a mentor can tell you like things like, and and I'll just say this, like, like if you're looking for a world of fairness, like you're in the wrong world, the world is not fair. Like when did we ever, ever like, yes, we all want fairness, but the world isn't fair. But that's why we strive for fairness. We want to try to make it fair. We want to try, but it's not. So it's like you're upset that gravity exists. It just, it does, but like, it's just there. Like you want to fly, but you got gravity to deal with. And if you jump from too high, you're going to, you know, splat on the ground. Like, it's just like, you know, you're going to hurt yourself. Like something bad's going to happen, right? So like, look, things aren't fair. So you go into the world with a, perspective of, okay, things are not fair in your personal experience of it. Actually, in reality, everything is fair. It's just that it's not always weighted in your favor. And what you don't like is that it's not always weighted in your favor. What you want is you want to take care of you, which is your shadow self being selfish and self-involved. So if you looked at it this way, Imagine you were starting a race, okay? And if you're victimhood, right? If you're in victim, you're basically looking at everybody and you're like, they're 10 paces, seven paces, 15 paces ahead of me. So the victim goes, that's not fair. Like I can never win because everyone's ahead of me. The champion goes, I'm glad you're 15 paces ahead of me because I'm going to be 15 paces. I'm going to be 16 paces faster than you are. Because that's what the world gave me a chance to do. It made it a necessity that I'm faster than you. But for you, you're 16 paces ahead and you're taking that shit for granted. And I am not. And it's not a competition thing in like, I'm better than you. It's that I like this position. I like the fact that you, that you set me off in a disadvantage because the disadvantage makes me better. And it gives me the opportunity because that person that's 15 paces ahead of you, they maybe have 15, someone who's 15 paces ahead of them, but if they don't see that and you do see them ahead of you, and maybe you see another person who's 30 paces ahead of you, if you see it and they don't, the ability for you to pull out your human potential, the ability for you to pull out your light is just so much more profound. So 
you know, you got to like reframe your life. You got to stop looking at it. Like it should be fair. We should all start from the same place. And you just start looking at it from me starting behind is an opportunity. It's a gift. It's a favor. It's a God granted universal granted fucking spiritual gift. And I'm going to take full advantage of the fact that you gave me this, you know, or that I was granted this or however you look at life. I don't, it doesn't really matter, but Mm -hmm. you reframe the victimhood. You, you, you go like, and if someone like, for example, if someone starts as a millionaire and makes a million and a half in their life, that's kind of cool. But if you start from nothing and you make a million and a half, that's better. It's a better journey. So be like, I, I get the opportunity to make more out of my journey, you know, just reframe it, do whatever you can, but make yourself the champion, make yourself the hero of the story. Don't Mm -hmm. make yourself some like little victim because like you just sell yourself short, you know? Yeah. I, uh, another quote comes to mind in, uh, what you've been saying. I think it was, uh, Joseph Campbell. And he said, uh, something like we all have the privilege of having been born who we are. Mm. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's good. Um, you know, he was, he was a very sort of mythic type of thinker. Um, and I dig it personally. (laughs) Um, but you know, yeah, like just, uh, on to touch on a few things that you said there, you know, like, yeah, like we can't count on the world being fair, but we strive. I, I don't think that that means that we don't strive to try and make the world a more fair place for everyone. And because I think that we do want as much as possible for everyone to get the same, the same level of opportunity. You know, we want pe- we want to start people on the same foot as much as possible, but that's just, you know, we have, we also, it's important that we are in reality, <laughs> you know, especially when we're, you know, I'm studying a little bit about permaculture these days. And one of the principles of permaculture is, is, um, is about trans transitioning transitional, which is kind of a thing of like, look, don't get angry and upset, you know, about the fact that we're not at a certain place yet, (laughs) you know, like there's be, this is a, a long game and it, there's patience that's required. We don't, we can't, we can't just jump, you know, from here to a hundred miles in the distance. Like it's, we're, it's a process kind of a thing. So just as a sort of a comment on, on that, but I also wanted to say as well that they're coming back to the shadow thing. You know, there's a shadow to the champion as well. And you, you, and you sort of touched on it with a few of the things that you said, because you have the quote unquote champion. I think that you're, you're thinking more so of like a champion mindset Um, but you know, there's the person who's in the position, you know, at least on the, on the surface of the champion in our culture. And, you know, as you said, sometimes the shadow to that can be people who become complacent, um, people who have actually not really done anything, you know, which is bad, not just for other people, but it's bad for, for the individual as well, but they've, they haven't really done anything and they have sort of an undeserved recognition an undeserved position. And, uh, often times people feel like they do deserve it. 
you know, it's like there's been some interesting social experiments that have been done on stuff like that. And that's, that's horrible. Like that's not a position that I would want to be in. Uh, and in many ways, the shadow is uh, to that sort of champion, you know, that person who's in that position is that, as I was mentioning before, they're completely disconnected from what it's like to to struggle from what it is like to um you know feel that sense of jealousy envy whatever and it makes it it makes you less doesn't make you less human but like it's it makes it harder for you to connect you know like so there's there's a disadvantage to that as well you know like there's as you said there's two sides to the coin you know there's the victim and there's the champion and each one of those those sides contains a shadow and each one of those sides contains a light right so it's um and then somewhere in the middle is is a a kind of harmony is a kind of balance right it's it's taking the realities and the truth to make us human and rising above it all anyhow you know like that's that's i think the um the beauty of that of that particular duality that we're talking about so yeah yeah Yeah. you know i mean uh there's a to not get too woo woo or spiritual (laughs) which you know look i'll I'll be sometimes there's no avoiding it I think it's it. good to have a it's good to have a spiritual life. And then when you hear that, when our audience hears a spiritual life, like like I'm just talking about having a mind that's willing to move beyond whatever you think this physical realm is. Like, and I'm not saying that any of this stuff has to exist or be real. It doesn't really matter. But like you may even call it a philosophical mind as opposed to a spiritual mind. But someone mentioned to me at one point. You know, they said, what if you chose everything in this life? Like, what if you were a spirit and you entered this life and you made all the choices, you positioned yourself where you are, you chose the parents you had, the siblings you had, the the place you would be in the world and all of that. And you're here specifically to learn some lessons. And you chose all these pieces and you put all these pieces together because you felt they would give you the lessons you needed so that you're higher self could transform and you know move into whatever you know what maybe something like that and i remember hearing that and thinking that's a great way to look at this because if you look at everything like a like a lesson like a gift like something you wanted something you chose um and you get a little less attached to everything that is like this physical world i mean you just feel better and here's the thing most of us are just doing things to feel happy. So yeah, if you can do that by just reframing your mind and, and looking at things a little bit different and stop being so linear and structured and basic, <laughs> you know, expand your mind, try on some new ideas. You know, uh, another one I like to play with is imagine that none of us are real. Okay you're here listening to a podcast, you're listening to us talk, and we're just AI, right? We're just AI bots who you 
chose to bring into your life and we're talking about something and none of this is real. Nobody around you is real. Nothing is real. You're in a VR system and it's all designed not just to entertain you, but it can give you lessons. It can give you everything you want. Like try these things on. And, and I kind of pursue these ideas, these philosophical thoughts, like, you know, what if things work this way? What if they work that way? You know, and just try them on because if you're not enjoying your life, you're doing it wrong, in my opinion. You know, you're 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 essentially misusing the experience opportunity you have. And it's hard because you know, you go, well, what if none of that's real? Like what if what if it all just is nothing and nothing is anything? I mean. That's a thought experiment. You're just committed to it. That's the only difference, you know, but try, try them all on. See, see what helps you to have the best expression of yourself because none of it really matters. You know, you're, you're going to live and you're going to die and we don't know what's going to happen. So you might as well make the most out of this experience instead of sitting around suffering and being a victim and like, just being like life's so hard and everything's so unfair. Like you could do that with your whole life. But why? I just, I, I just, it just doesn't make sense to me. It just seems like a, a, a waste. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that, uh, that whole question, I remember a number of years ago when I was in a, in a really dark place and, and that, that can be a really, uh, a really hard question to be going on in your head you know a very haunting question of like well you know what if none of that's real and what if it doesn't matter and there's then there's no point and uh the question uh, the, the question that pulled me out of that one was so what <laughs> you know it's like so what so what if it doesn't mean anything so what if it's you know if it's all nothing doesn't really it doesn't re- that that doesn't really matter if it doesn't matter that doesn't really matter because what you do know and what you do have is still this life and this moment and you know all all of that stuff the relationships that you have in your life like the that's so what are you going to do with it you know like it it makes no difference ultimately to the life that you have you know so yeah like what do you really want to do what are you what are you really passionate about who gives a shit what other people think and and about being some big fucking deal and whatever all all of this this nonsense that that we get so distracted by and confused by you know it's a confusion when when you really look into yourself you you know what you want and you know what you want to do but we just we just don't do it so many of us most of us to varying degrees at different points in our lives right but it's just you know if we get just real and honest with ourselves and with where we're at like it's amazing where we can go once we come into contact with that like it's uh it's pretty it's it's this whole conversation has been really fascinating. Um, but you know, it's like, I, 
in my classes, uh, just last week I had a, had a student and we got to an interesting part in the work where, where the exercise that we do, the repetition exercises in Meisner, uh, opens up where it can go anywhere. Uh, where now it's just like, okay, now just explore the moment with this other person and just, you know, you express what, what's happening. You express what you see, you express, you know, how, how the moment is speaking to you, to this other person. And then they, and they repeat that and they respond to it. And then they have what they're, how the moment is speaking to them, how you're speaking to them, you know, like all of that sort of stuff. And, and at one point they were, you know, they kind of got, got stuck in, in a moment. They got stuck in a repetition on something. And my one, I had this one student where it was just, there was so much going on with them (laughs) as they were stuck in this space. And so, you know, normally I try and see if, if they can find their way out of it, but it was like, okay, like we're, we're, we are stuck. So like, let's, let's, I'll, I'll jump in. And so I, I just asked the student and I said like, what's going on in your head right now? What's going on? And he's just like, he's like, I don't know. This is, this is really boring. And I was just like, okay, well tell your partner that. (laughs) Right. And he's like, oh, okay. This is boring. And his partner's like, this is boring. This is boring. This is boring. This is boring. And then they suddenly they were, they were smiling and they were laughing and it was just like, and boom, they were out of it. And all of a sudden it's like, this isn't boring anymore. No, this isn't boring. This isn't boring. You're having fun. I'm having fun. You're having fun. Like it was, but it required that acknowledgement, you know, just of like, this is boring. Hmm, Okay. Yeah. All right. It's boring. There's nothing wrong with it being boring don't need to suffer about it being boring. You acknowledge that it's boring and suddenly it's not boring anymore. (laughs) It's weird how that happens when Mm -hmm. we get, when we get present, you know, when we get present to what's true in our lives, what's true in us, you know, really come into contact with it. It's amazing how quickly suffering can move through and how it in many ways provides exactly what you need to to something incredible opening up that you don't know what it what it might be but something really wonderful and really beautiful but we fight it we fight it so so hard and uh it's just it's kind of funny (laughs) it's kind of funny it is funny yeah, we, we do. We resist what is. We resist. And like this whole thing that, that things need to be different than they are. You know, I think that's a big part of uh, this conversation is like things will be different. Like there's one constant in life and that's change. Things will change. And the we can suffer in the fact that we can be in a hard moment and we just feel like we'll never get out of it. You know, I've said this before on the podcast. It's like when you're suffering and you're like, and you're like low moments, you feel like it'll never end. And then when you're at the top of your game and you just, everything's working, you also feel like it'll never end. (laughs) And it always does. 
it always does. And you begin anew and you start again and something else happens, you know, and when you be, when you just accept that everything lives and dies, you begin to appreciate the moments. And I talked about this with, with like, what does death teach us? Like death isn't just in a human being being lost or some, some animal or something in our lives that goes away. Like death is in the very moment you're in. You will never have this moment again, whatever moment you're in right now, this will never be this ever again. This is going to die and it's going to die very, very quickly and you will be gone and you will be on to the next and you might never even have noticed or cherished the life of this moment, but you lived it. It was here and you had a relationship with it and now it's dead and gone and you've moved on to the next and I think that there's this part of us that, you know, in our own lives, we feel as insignificant as a moment that we never even noticed, you know? And the thing is, is you're both. You're as insignificant as a moment that you never even noticed. And you're as significant as the greatest memory and, and pinnacle point in your life. And you are both at the exact same time, always. And the question is, how are you choosing to experience it? And I'm not saying you need to go around and be like, this moment matters and this moment matters and everything matters, matters, matters. You don't have to do that. You can just be like, you know what? I just went through like 10 moments. They didn't really. And then all of a sudden something brought me to my attention, but those 10 moments that didn't matter also matter in relationship to this moment that matters. And, you know, people like, here's the thing, like people celebrate these like moments where the team holds up the trophy or the person holds up the award or something like that or this great moment they had but the reason why that moment matters is because there was like a hundred moments that didn't and in comparison to those hundred moments all of a sudden there's context because if all your life was was just holding up awards and having these great like they wouldn't matter they'd be as like pointless as the moments that don't seem like they matter and what I would do is I would say, you know, maybe walk away from this conversation. And if you're in a really hard time, you know, and this is something like, like I bring this up a lot, but I will say this because like my hardest moments in my life, I actually look at them and celebrate them now because like they matter so much in relationship to where I'm at now, because, you know, I'm even like, there's like even uh, things that I needed when I was in a hard time that I'm, you know, paying off now, you know, and I look at that and I go, you know what, that guy needed to spend that money to live through it. Like he needed to do it. And I'll gladly pay for that today because he got me here and whatever the fuck it took for him to survive that. I'm proud of him because he did it now. If you're in a moment and you're really hard in your life and you're like, I don't know what I'm doing, I'm struggling. There's a future you out there that's thanking you, saying, thanks for staying alive. Thanks for hanging in there. Thanks for doing your art when you otherwise had no reason or purpose to do it. Thank you for telling that person you love them when you didn't, you didn't even know how to express it and it was scary and it was a risk. There's someone out there, your future self, who is living their greatest life because of what you're doing right now. So you think this doesn't matter? You, you're sitting on the can taking a dump 
thinking that doesn't, it does matter. It all matters. You're not going to celebrate it. You're not going to talk to anybody about it. You're not going to, a lot of it, but it matters. And you know, Evan, I'll bring you right around. I'm having a beer with one of my best friends in the world. And we're talking about this stuff. And honestly, a lot of this stuff is just off the cuff, but it matters, you know, and, uh, and I'm enjoying it and it's, and it's great to investigate this stuff. And, um, you know, you just never know. And we started this conversation without knowing where we're going. And here we are. And look at this. What a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. And that's just life. That's just life. I just, you know, if I could tell my younger self anything, I would say, man, just enjoy this ride, man. It's all, it's all there. And you, you know, if you look at it in terms of there's a future self thanking you, you know, even if you're fucking up right now, you're making it through. Try to do your best. Try to make the most out of this moment. But if you can't, you know, you, if you have the vision and the intention, that guy is thanking you for having the vision and the intention today, even if you're totally failing at it. Because he exists because you exist. And, you know, and, and, and even if you end up down the future, the last thing I'll say, even if you go down the road in the future and you're like, man, I'm not where I thought I would be. And I feel like I'm really fucking up. Just look at it as a peak in a valley. You're in a valley. That's fine. But understand that that valley, it's not all valley, man. It leads to a peak. You know, if it was all one mountain, you're never climbing a mountain. So if you're in a valley, understand the mountain's coming and just make it through the valley. That's all you got to do. Yeah. Or, you know, you can have that recognition of it's like, wow, I am not where I thought I was going to, to, to be right now. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. You know, you could look at it with a certain sense of, of wonder. And I don't know, and in, in my own life, it's just like, yeah, I've had a lot of things that I, you know, had thought or expected or, you know, whatever for my life and, you know, things that didn't go according to, to plan. And I look back and I just like, yeah, but I couldn't possibly change anything. You know, like I couldn't possibly, I couldn't possibly trade the things that I have in my life now for, for, anything else so it's it's funny how life works that way uh let's uh let's beer let's beer let's beer uh i'm uh i'm drinking one that uh i actually had had i don't know a couple months ago probably but it was the only thing i had in the fridge for today so but it's a good one uh i'm drinking chalet all day from bridge From Bridge Brewing Company, their horchata blonde ale, and uh, it's a tasty bev. It's a tasty bev. <laughs> I hate the fact that I just said hey, tasty bev. It's a tasty beverage. I'm. I, I feel like that was like a moment for me right there, Brandon, where I realized like, no, Evan, you're not a person who says bev <laughs> for beverage. That's just doesn't. That just doesn't feel no, right. Sure. It's like no, it doesn't feel right. So. <laughs> I've learned that about myself today, Brandon. <laughs> what are you drinking? That's awesome. Mine's got a mine's got a good name. I'm having a I'm having another one from Snake Lake Brewing Company, which uh, 
I've had a couple um, from them already. So I'm, I'm kind of making my way through the breweries and my, this year, I, instead of just going from brewery to brewery and hopping around, I'm kind of just making my way through a few of their beers and then moving on to another brewery and trying a few, you know, nice um, everything I've had. Oh, what's that? So that's a nice strategy. Yeah. Why like not? That. You know, try some stuff and try it a different way. Anyway, um, snake Lake, everything's been really good. This one is called drink easy local sippa locale sippa with monk fruit <laughs> oh. i don't even know what monk fruit is but it has it and um yeah well it's a it's a light beer only 3.9 percent alcohol so it's a pretty easy drinker um but it's tasty it's good um that's what i'm drinking uh okay well look i'm gonna wrap it up first and i'll leave it to you to close this one evan <laughs> all right um okay well look like i i feel like you know life is life is really just a simple thing and we complicate it you you really just break things down into a few things so perspective one of two you either see it as the champion or you see it as the victim Make your choice. They both lead down a path. If you choose victimhood, it's going to lead you to a path that's only going to be more victimhood. It's going to enrich that. That's a wolf you feed, and that will be the life you live. And then there's the champion. And if you go down that path and you feed that wolf and you know you, you build that up, you will find yourself as more of a champion in your life. It's really that simple. It's, it's all about how you're going to see this. I feel like I've given enough examples throughout this podcast as to like how to do that and, and the way to look at it, you know, just make everything gold. You know, if you want to be the champion, turn everything into gold. If you want to be the victim, turn everything into shit. You, you know, it's pretty obvious when you look at it that way, do you want to turn your life into gold or do you want to turn it into shit? You can do either or. And then I think the other thing you have is you're, you're constantly playing a little game of whack-a-mole with uh, past, present, and future. And the trick is to stay present. But it's not always easy to do. You slip into the future, you slip into the past. And, you know, this is where, you know, we, we're, all, we're all best if we can just be present and work from there. But we're not always being present. So... Um, you know, it's easy to be a victim when you look into the future and you, you see how far away your dreams and vision are, and you just don't know how you're going to get there. Well, look, you're here now. So put the intention out that you're going to get there and do the things that you think you'd need to do to go get there. And you will no longer be a victim to your circumstance. You will eventually champion your circumstance into what you want. And look, I don't know how long it will take you or what it will take to get to where you want to go. It all depends on where you want to go and what you want to do. But the thing is, is like just in the moment, start making champion choices towards that and just be in the moment, just be the champion in the moment. And then if it's about the past, you know, I've struggled with the past before as well. If you fucked up in the past, you made mistakes, you hurt people's feelings, you, you know, maybe you just did something that wasn't good. Make amends, call the person up, you know, if you can't call them, if you can't talk to them, write a letter to yourself and don't mail it and just keep it in a box, but make amends with your past. 
Because whatever your past was, it got you here. And that's all that matters, you know? And, and look, you might not be a perfect person because, you know, like none of us are. So uh, just be like, fine, I'm not a perfect person. I made some mistakes. I, I, I uh, you know, I did some things wrong, whatever. And just be like, hey, like if I can fix it now, I will. And if I'm not able to, then I will just leave it to God or leave it to the universe or leave it to your higher self, you know? Um, whatever your thing is and just it's time to move on you know what um because everybody is struggling and everybody is suffering in a certain way and you're not an exception you know we're all in this so try to take the wheel of this moment and try to drive it into a future that you actually want to go to and stop looking in the rearview mirror about how you were and just go look i went through that and now I'm here. So it is what it is. And let's do what we're going to do moving forward. I'm going to, I feel like you covered a lot of like the back nine Okay, do the- <laughs> in your closing. So I'm going to, I think I'm going to cover the front nine. All right. Um, Cause I really enjoyed that part of this conversation. Um, and I'll, I'll keep it. I'll keep it simple. Don't, undervalue or overlook how wonderful what wonderful things can come out of things that are done lightly you know when you just sort of let things go a little bit when things wonderful beautiful things can come out of just a sense of play and lightness and 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 whatever everything doesn't have to have a have the quality of a grind a sense of you know you really had to like work at this and chip at this for something to be really wonderful and successful and all that kinds of thing like there's in fact i think that we probably in in our you know in western culture we probably need a hell of a lot more of that you know i think we we you know, if we if we had more lightness to the way that we created things, we probably wouldn't need to distract ourselves <laughs> from so much stuff. You know, like it, we probably wouldn't need all of these other just mindless light distractions, you know, for ourselves to give us that like we can we can bring that that quality to the things that we're doing. You know, one of our favorite philosophers, Alan Watts, you know, he would say like one of the secrets to life is, is to look at, I'm, I'm butchering this, but like, but to look at what we think of as work and realize that it's play. You know, I think that so much of this conversation has been about, let's rethink our relationship in, in our mindset to how we're doing things, how we're looking at things, how we're approaching our work, how we're looking at the world, how we are treating ourselves. Let's find a new relationship, a healthier relationship that is not, that is not an ignorance of our shadow. That's not in ignorance of, you know, these, these truths about, who we are and how we feel but a full recognition of them and and bringing these things 
to the light and in a way that can actually make us kinder to other people that can make us kinder to ourselves and and actually lend richness to our lives and to our creativity thank you for listening in on our conversation today we hope you found something helpful that you can carry forward with you head over to our website wayoftheartist.com for more free exclusive material and learn about the show If you haven't already, please support us by subscribing to the show, sharing it with people you know, and keeping compassionate, creative conversation going.